Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to another segment with none other than Rohan Samant and we hope you enjoyed the first one which was related to machine learning and this one is related to none other than, well, jobs. So, before we begin, let me ask Rohan to introduce himself again to you guys who are listening to this for the first time. So Rohan, could you give us a brief introduction to you about yourself? Hey guys, I'm Rohan. I currently work as a software engineer at SmartCow, an AI engineering company. And I take care of the infrastructure, I design systems, I build things, I primarily work with Python, and I do a bunch of AI stuff. That's about it. All right, I think that was, yeah. So, uh, Rohan, so you said you work at SmartCow and you work as a software engineer? Hmm, I do. Okay, so now could you maybe in brief tell us about exactly what your role is at your organization as a software engineer? Okay, so exactly what I do. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so I build web applications which wrap around the core technology that is the AI models. So I build uh, UI interfaces, the databases, the connectivity and everything around the core models or around the core AI services. So I'll explain on that a little bit. So uh, about two years ago, we built this uh, annotation framework. So we built a service internally in-house to label images. So previously in the last session, we understood what AI was and what AI is, is you take a bunch of, um, you take a bunch, you take some data, in this case, it might be dog images. And then you show these dog images to a computer. The computer learns what a dog looks like. And then it is able to recognize a dog from a group of images, right? So um, I built, uh, I, I worked with my team and I built, we built this annotation framework, which is a tool to allow you to label dogs. So you can see an image, you can draw a bounding box around the dog. And then you can... Uh, save that as a dog. So you draw bound, draw a box around the dog. You save the X and Y coordinates of that box. Then the computer knows where the dog is in that specific image. So this is like a very high level description of the annotation framework, right? So we built that framework in-house. So I was part of the team who designed the framework, who deployed it and who is um, in charge of managing and um, ensuring that it keeps on working continuously so that that was what i did there is a small part of part of what i did then then we also have several complicated i mean several uh, rube goldberg machines so that is like uh, you have this one thing which talks to this other thing then we have this other thing which does this second thing and then the first thing just talks to the third thing um, so we have these uh, microservices and that is what I design that is what I work with my uh, job revolves around Python docker um, a lot of Linux and uh, flask a bit of web development front-end back-end and system design and that is what I do and I sometimes also uh, lead our teams in a few key projects that is what I do in a nutshell all right. Okay. 
So uh, that gives a brief introduction about you, Rohan, and, and your role as a software engineer at SmartCow. Now, uh, this question has actually the one that I'm about to ask. You've kind of already answered it in ML uh, when we had yeah. that segment. But then just to, you know, for the uh, listeners right now for this segment, how did you come to know about this offer or opportunity to work at SmartCow? Oh, okay. So uh, in the last session, we talked about how one can build the portfolio or your, or your resume, um, right, for applying to jobs. So that is exactly what I did. I basically, I did a bunch of courses. I built some projects. Someone saw my GitHub and they, 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 they thought, Ki, ha, okay, this guy can probably build what, they, what I need. And they offered me a freelance gig for a small amount of time and they loved the way I work, uh, worked and they, they loved my, well, they, they liked me as a person, I guess. And then they said, oh, we would like to work with you for two years. And that, that is, that is how I got my job. So I, I built a project called smooth stream. Um, that was a simple Python application to stream video over a network and, um, Andrew Trask, which is a prominent figure in the AI community, he starred my project on GitHub. And when my current boss saw Andrew Trask's star on my project, he was like, oh, this is useful. Uh, I like this. And he reached out to me via email. And that is how he found me. And ever since that, we have been working together. And it's been, it's been great. It's been about... Uh, uh, two years since I started somewhere around that and I'm just learning so much so, so I started out started out as a kid who did Python and now I'm a software engineer who can build stuff <laughs> yeah and I basically see it was all just sheer luck for me I was pretty lucky um, so that is how it worked out for me but uh, if when if I were to start this over again then you know I would I would, I would have my portfolio of projects, which I built in my free time during my weekends and during my holidays, I built those projects. And uh, that is what I would show if I were to start it over. But yeah, I guess that answers it, right? Yes, yes, it does. It actually does. And I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> but now, uh, Rohan, <laughs> like when you started out at SmartCount, did you start out yeah. at uh, the same post that you have right now? Or did you have a journey towards this post? So I started out as a uh, AI application engineer. So we are a small company of 20 to 25 people. So the posts and titles don't uh, have too much of an impact. Uh, you do what you are good at and you are responsible for what you built right so um i started out as a ai application engineer ai application developer uh, yeah so, so i started out as that and my job description uh, remained the same but the responsibilities increased so previously it was we did not have our india office and now we have our india office so my responsibilities changed from being a single guy working with the cto to being part of a team who is in charge of serving clients. That is like a, that is like a pretty uh, high level answer, uh, which does not go into the nitty gritties, but that is how the role changed. It, it became less about the tech and more about the people. Yep. All right. Okay. 
And Rohan, when did you, how did you decide? Okay, when did you decide? Like, um, hmm. this is the right time for me to start working. Huh. Um, so, I don't think that it was, a, you know, a decision. I, I was building things. I was building software. And generally, people pay you when you build software. So, I was doing it for free for a long, long time. Okay. And people... <laughs> Yeah. So, so people kind of never paid me for my software. Right. So, uh, when, when, when someone was actually willing to offer real currency for the things I typed on my computer and it was actually working, uh, that was the point I was like, okay, great. Uh, I guess I'm working now. I mean, uh, I did not start out for the, you know, the job or the money. I was like, I, I, I like building things. I'm going to build things. And, uh, oh yeah, people pay you to build things. Okay, great. So that that is how it worked out for me, at least personally. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. So Rohan, when the job was offered to you at SmartCow, mm-hmm. did you? I'm. I feel that they might have given you like a list of requirements. So did you already have those skills, or did you say that you know what? I'll just learn it along the way. Oh yeah. So they they uh, when 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 my current boss came to me with the uh, with so he uh, so the job came as a freelance gig initially right so he told me what he needed to be built and I said yes okay I can build this and half of the things I had no idea how those worked but I was, but I was pretty confident ki I told him it would take me a month to build it so a month was enough to learn the things which I needed to build what he was asking for so there were a couple of things I was not totally, you know, uh, comfortable with, or I did not know when I started the job. And so, so as I said, the job came as a freelance gig, right? So, and in a freelance gig, they tell you what you need to build for them. They don't say you should know this. You should know that they tell you what they need to be built and what they need uh, for you to build it for them. I messed up the grammar there, but you, but you get the idea, right? So they tell you what they need built huh? and you build it for them. That, that is, that is, and, and I built what he asked me to build. And he was like, okay, this guy can uh, work and I can work with him. And yeah, and that is how I started. So, uh, and if someone were to start, in an organization and if they were applying for an interview you should not get discouraged by the uh, amount of rules or amount of stuff they tell you you need to know before applying for that job so you should just apply to so if you are a fresher who is just starting out and who has no experience you should be willing to work for free and that that is uh, I'll, i'll come back to this later as well so you should be willing to work for free and you should apply to every single job posting you see um, online. You don't have to you know put all of your effort into each and every one of them, but you should at least reach out to people who are at um, uh, hiring ma- teams at their companies and you can reach out to people. You should share what you are building. And even if you don't qualify for the job completely, you should always apply. It is not for you to decide whether you can do the job. It is for the hiring committee to, the, to decide whether you are good for the job. But as a, as a someone who is looking for the job, you should just, you know, go in and push your resume in. Yep. 
All right. Okay. So that was also a bit, a, a, you know, a bit of extra info that you've given there. So I hope <laughs> our, our listeners just heard that because that that's actually quite useful. And we were actually going to come to that. Um, you have a question set up for that. Uh, but moving on to the next question, actually, I think I'm guessing that you hmm. didn't have to make a resume for this job. I'm not sure. Is, is that no, right? No, I didn't. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is that is absolutely correct. I mean, I did have a resume, uh, but I had a portfolio. So when when my boss reached out to me via email, I was able to tell him ki how I was going to build his project. I was able to tell him how how much I'm going to charge for his project based on my prior experience. And I was able to, you know, so he was able to understand ki, ha, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about and he can build it. Uh, so the resume does the same thing. You have to convince people you can do the job. So that email was my resume. And yeah, so I had a portfolio. So a portfolio is a collection of your projects. And I sent my GitHub link to him and he was able to check out all of my work. So having that, having a resume uh, is probably overrated. You can have a good LinkedIn and it will give you a lot of jobs. And when you are applying, you can send your portfolio. So yeah, I guess that answers it to some extent, right? Right. Oh, yeah, actually, it actually answers yep. it completely. Yep. Um, but now uh, this thing, did they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they saw your portfolio and then you said that yeah. he had asked you to build uh, certain things. So did they maybe yeah. call you for like an in-office interview or something like that? Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, and I'm not really good at interviews. So we started working on the Figlance project. I was able to build it for him. Then we started, started on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So I, I, I'm pretty bad at interviews myself. So I wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, answer that question. How, how should you, you know, give interviews? I'm, I'm pretty bad at interviews. You know, this is also an interview. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> All right, uh, Rohan, I'm, you know, there are a lot of um, students out there who are, haven't still yeah. applied to the f- first internship and they might hmm. be going out there. Uh, for their first internship. So do you have any suggestions mm-hmm. for them? Oh, yeah. So internship is where you work for someone and they might pay you or they may not. But you should never pay anyone a dime if they're offering you an internship. So you should not be the person who has to work and pay for that internship. It is a training. It is not an internship. Uh, so just be extremely clear about what you are getting into. Uh, uh, many people are... Um, so, you know, it is the gold rush, right? So we are in this crisis and it is the gold rush of online courses and internships. So people are trying to sell you uh, spades, shovels, shovels is the word I'm looking for, I guess. So people are trying to sell you, sell, shell, <laughs> sell you shovels. So um, if you are trying for an internship, apply to legit companies. Don't apply to organizations or storefronts. Apply to legit companies and tell them, you know this, you have built these projects and if they are a legit company, they will, uh, you know, find a way to get you on board. They, They will find a way to hand over some tiny amount of work to you initially. They might have a mentor for you, but that is only if you can convince them that they are worth your time. So when so, so let, let's take a look at internships from a, uh, uh, eagle's eye view of a bird's eye view of an internship. So internship is where you bring in an employee who does not really know 
a lot about how the industry works then you teach him and you invest time in him and you might get some work out of it and once that intern is ready he's his uh, he's able to become a part of your company he can graduate to a full time employee that is how most internships for me, small to medium sized companies work if you are interning at google google does not uh, you know care about educating you they are doing it because uh, they see value in you and they understand you are really good at what you do and they would like you to work for them that is why big companies offer you internships but when small companies offer you internships it is usually because they want you to become an employee in the future they are investing their time in you and they want um, their returns for that time invested so that is an internship i'm sorry what was the question again i went i went a little off track like uh, uh, no i think um, you gave yeah. a, a bit more information right there and the question was basically the students who are going to apply to the first internship what yeah. suggestions do you have for them oh yeah so the, the as i said the first suggestion is do not pay for an internship that is a training program disguised as an internship that is not an internship do not pay for that build a good portfolio Be- portfolio is basically just built just have a good github account with a bunch of projects on it so just build it and send that to people then write about what you built that is the most important thing you should if you don't tell people about what you do people won't know and then it and it is not for you to decide whether what you have built is good or not it is up to the people who see your projects to decide if they are good or not so whenever you build something so when you are applying for your first internship you should have a portfolio you should build things and then you should write about them so people actually know what you have built and then you take all of that you take those three blogs you have written you take those two projects you have built you put them in an email and you send it to um, hiring people and they see it and they might like it and you might get an internship that is that is how i think the internship thingy works so yep all right and now for those of you a uh, bit of uh, uh, more information related to rohan rohan is also um a part of the hiring team in smart cow so rohan could you maybe tell us about your experience of hiring people so i wouldn't say i'm part of the hiring team i i take part in evaluating the candidates which come to us but our hr does most of the work so uh, i i i get a uh, i have an opinion on on who we bring on board and who we don't but i'm not part of the hiring team um so just to clarify that and uh, okay so uh, in terms of hiring people okay so the number one criteria is you need to have a good portfolio of projects if i can't see what you have built how will i hire you i mean uh, that is the basic the most basic thing the thing then after that uh, if you are applying for a front end role then your personal website or your uh, the things which you are sending in um, that may be your resume or your email it should be structured correctly uh, if you are applying for a front end role because that is what you are going to build right so things you make should look pretty if you are applying for a front end role that is the um rule of thumb and if you apply if you are applying for a back end gig then you can have a uh, uh your apis if you are applying for a backend gig then you might be interested in building apis right so api is a um programming thing which does not have a ui sometimes so if you are building uh, applying for a backend role I, i i should be able to test some of your apis 
uh, I should be able to see what you have built. So your portfolio is the most important thing. Then the next important thing when I am actually interviewing you is someone who I might like to work with, who I, uh, who is uh, um, open to learning new things, who is uh, basically a nice guy. I mean, don't uh, do the bad things, which you guys already know. So if you are a good human being and you have ability to learn new things, um, that, that is what we look for. We, we don't, I mean, at some point you're going to have to learn new things, right? So what we look for in you is you are good to work with um, and you can learn new things and yeah, you are responsible, you are humble, you are, uh, and all of those um, things your mom told you to do. So if you are that, then I guess we can onboard you and, and, and yeah. And then the salary, uh, are you demanding too much money? Because that is a constraint, right? So yeah, those are some of the factors which we see while hiring people. But for me personally, I think more important than the tech skills are your abilities to learn and how you deliver things and how, uh, how, how easy it is to work with you. That is the most important thing for me at least. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, now, Rohan, the next question is basically a kind of major question, hmm. you could say. And in a way, you've already answered it. Uh, but hmm. then uh, I want you to elaborate a bit more that, you know, a lot of times hmm. when you, you see job offers and stuff, then companies hmm. list down the skills that they are required, you know. Hmm. Uh, but then hmm. my question to you is that, is it necessary to have all the skills enlisted by them? And the second question all is, well, hmm. What if someone is still at an intermediate level with those skills? So these are the two questions. Sub questions. Uh, is, huh? <laughs> is it necessary to have all of the skills listed by companies? Uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, as I said, it's really not. Uh, if you have some of the skills and okay, so you should, you should, one should use their common sense, right? If, if the job application is for Python and you don't know any of Python, then you should not apply to it. But if you are a, a backend front-end engineer and the job listing is for a full stack developer, then you can tell them key. I know Python um, and I can learn anything you want me to learn. Um, and if you're starting out as a, and if it, if it is an internship, they'll say, huh, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so it's not necessary to have all of the skills listed on uh, the job applications. That is uh, so job. So if you had, all of the skills listed in the job application, you would probably be overqualified and you would probably charge more. Uh, you would demand a higher salary than what the job is willing to pay. It is like a controversial statement, but I strongly stand by it. I mean, the, the job description is that of an ideal, um, the dream employee. So that's the dream guy, the dream girl. Um, but that the unicorn, but I don't think that exists exists. So it's okay if you don't have all of them, just have some of them and show your ability to learn. You want to learn. And what if someone is, and the next question is, what if someone is an intermediate level at with those skills? It's totally okay. As I said, just build projects and show us you can build things that, that is what hiring is to the, to its, at its core, right? You, uh, you, bring someone on board and then you pay them some amount of money to build things for you. That is what jobs are, right? So if you already have 
previous experience if you already have built a bunch of projects and we know you can build things then um yeah. so the answer is ki don't get stuck up in the weeds about um applying for jobs and about resumes and portfolios just understand what the goal is the goal is that they know you can build things so if there is any way you can prove that to them uh, it should work for um, smaller companies or mid sized companies if you're hiring if you're trying to get hired by a tech giant then you will need to you know uh, have a really good resume have a really good uh, portfolio and uh, i i wouldn't know too much about that so this is what i think for my company all right okay uh now rohan um we're almost at the end of the session but we've got uh, two more questions for you and that is the first one being that when someone's going for their like i don't know first internship or first job or even like beginning jobs then um what what exactly are they going to start off with what is the company going to give what's the first thing that the company is going to give them are they going to be like major tasks or like small you know data and oh no 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 way so uh for, uh, for if you are an intern at smartcow this is what happens to you so i I'll elaborate a little bit about on that so uh, uh in tech there are some things which you need to try to um, you know understand if they are going to be if they are going to work for your company right and at some uh, some of these on some of these tasks you may not want to donate all of your current bandwidth so you may not want your employee a full time employee to work on some projects it might be exploring some new technology or it might be building a small service so uh, for for our current intern we gave our intern uh, a job to build a uh repository a place to store our images because we needed that for a small project and uh if the intern screwed up the gig it it would have been totally fine as well because uh, we would be able to build it ourselves but the intern doing it saved us uh, some of uh, our time and the we also came to know whether he can you know work independently and uh, whether he can get the jobs done so um what are the major tasks you might be given you uh, I, i seriously doubt they would that they would give you any super mission critical tasks you would be given tasks which the team members already know how to do and which uh, they can you know judge and guide you on and see how you do those tasks so that and uh, i i'm i'm not sure how other companies handle that i mean uh, whether they 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 tell you to make powerpoint presentations or whether they tell you to build a library management systems i'm not sure about how that works but i feel ki our interns should work on things which are relevant to what we are building i, I wouldn't make them do powerpoints that is what i feel personally all right okay uh yeah that was uh, i think a lot of uh, people will find that very uh, you know i think guiding because that is actually a question that comes into a lot of uh, people who are about to start their career so it comes in, into their minds and now uh, with the last question of the segment rohan are you ready <laughs> yes it okay all right <laughs> so the last question is basically what's your preference startup or corporate like ha huh. that's actually a really good question 
So uh, I started I started working for a startup. Um, so SmartCow is a a mid-sized company. It is not a startup anymore. So when I uh, first started working for at my first job, the company did not pay me a dime and it went bankrupt. And I learned a ton of things. I mean, my most of my Python knowledge came from that company, which did not, which did not pay me a dime. So when you are starting out and working at a startup, there will be times when the startup just goes bankrupt when it is acquisitioned by another company or they might just decide to fire with fire you without a severance. So um, if you're working for a startup, there will be a lot of uh, opportunity. There will be a lot of opportunities to learn new things. Um, your entire growth of your career will be at an accelerated pace and it would be, uh, you will be um, handed down a lot of responsibility, but um, the stability of your job would always be in question if you're working for a startup and if you're working for uh, so when we say companies there are again three types of companies the smaller the bigger and the larger ones so which ones are you talking uh, would you like to know arpa i think could you maybe briefly tell us about all three okay great so um, I think SmartCow is a small sized company. We have about 20 to 25 employees, right? But it is a real company. It is not uh, um, something which is not generating any revenue. It is not something which uh, just got its funding two months ago. It is like an established company. It is still a small company, but it is a company, right? So when you're working for a smaller company, you might not get the benefits. You might not get... uh, uh, the travel benefits, the vouchers, the deals. Uh, you might not get any of that, but you will get flexible working hours. We do have those. Um, you will get, um, so you will be directly in touch with the clients who are actually using your products. So for us, it is um, our users in Singapore. So I get to talk with them. Um, and because we are a small company and then I get to, dig my hands in our servers. So we have a data center in Malta and I get to work on those machines. And that is only possible because we are a small company. If we were a behemoth, then there would be too many security clearances. I would have needed to, you know, go through to get my, get my learning, get, uh, get my hands on those machines and having access to that much, uh, those many resources was possible only because I was working for a smaller company, right? So smaller companies give you the freedom to take on more responsibility. Um, it is similar to working in a startup. So if someone is starting out, I would suggest you try to find a smaller company, but the barrier for entry for smaller companies is also higher because they have tight, uh, this tight uh, budgets because they are a small company. They are not a behemoth. So you will, they, they try to squeeze it more, squeeze in, more for their buck. So you you need to be a good engineer if you're working for a smaller company. That is like patting myself on the back, but that is the way things are. I'm sorry about that. Um, So smaller companies typically have tighter requirements to get you on board. And then mid-sized companies would be, I I guess, the ideal spot for most people where the uh, you get the benefits, you get everything. And a mid-sized company, when we say mid-sized, I mean anywhere from uh, 200 to 500 people that will be a mid-sized company and everything over that will be a large behemoth company for me. 
So I think mid-sized company would be a sweet spot, according to me, um, for people starting out and people who are trying to look for stable jobs after they are after after they are done with their degrees. And for startups, if if um, if you don't have a family depending on you, if you are okay with not earning, if you are not in it for the money, then you can go for a startup and. Yeah, you can get started on a startup uh, and get started with working with a startup when you are in college or when you are in school as well. They just care about whether you can get the job done for the lowest amount of money. Some of the times there are startups which pay you, which will pay you a lot of money, but most of the times it is tight constraints. Um, so um, so startups are pretty easy to get into. Smaller companies are slightly difficult to get into. Uh, mid-sized and la- mid-sized companies are the sweet spot, according to me. They they will be the easier to get into those. It will be easier to get into those and the larger companies, the Googles, the Amazons, and the Netflixes and the Yahoos of the world. Uh, they are pretty difficult to get into, as we might already know. Um, so I guess that summarizes the you know benefits, um, pros and cons of a of the company size, and uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'll, 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 yeah, I, I guess that that concludes it, right? Yeah, to be honest, it was actually. I think you you said all the right things. You know, I think that was very informative, uh, as all your answers are. So thank you so much, Rohan, for joining us for this this particular segment related to jobs. Uh, it was very um, informative, as I said. And if you guys have any questions that you want to ask Rohan related to jobs or ML or webinar. Uh, then do uh, send them to us. We will definitely try having Rohan on another segment with us, um, with RWE. Uh, Apart from that, do uh, check out the segments of machine learning and webinar that we are about to have with Rohan. Okay, so thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much, Rohan. I'll see you in the next segment. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.